0: I'm all for the handshake thing. The whistle thing sounds like corporal punishment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it sounds, it's so much more enduring. As soon as I said it, I was just like, yo, this is going to sound so bad. But trust me, my African people, they understand. They understand. It's like, it's just like, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like, it's like you're playing in the garden and, and you hear this whistle and you're like, okay,
1: we're going in a minute. And then you hear another whistle. You're like, right, that means business. Absolutely. Let's go. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> Massachusetts, Massachusetts, Massachusetts. Yes, Massachusetts. Yes, Massachusetts. Yes, Mass, I'm coming. <laughs> He's yeah, gonna get me in troubles <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> This is taking a weird, weird. Part. <laughs> this is taking such a weird part. But I swear it was endearing. It's endearing, okay? We all loved it.
0: Welcome, dear listeners, to yet another episode of Back to the Pictures. Thank you for joining us as we take you for a trip down memory lane. But, as Mrs. Doubtfire once said, you don't have to pack your bags because we're going in our minds. This is the movie review podcast that urges listeners, don't talk to anyone, don't touch anything, don't do anything, don't interact with anyone, and try not to look at anything. Just listen to our dulcet tones and you'll be in good hands. We. Our three university friends who lived, studied, and danced to Candy by Cameo together in Manchester between 2005 and 2009. Somewhere in between these three activities, we watched an ungodly amount of movies. Now, in our ever cynical and existential 30s, we think it's a perfect time to rewind, rewatch, recontextualize, and if necessary, ravage these treasured movies from our past. Join us as we dust off motion pictures, movies, flicks, films, features, and of course, pictures from a simpler time and to get the business out the way first if you even half like this show if it even gives you cause to smile for one moment of your day please do us a favor hit that subscribe button if you want to go that extra mile you could even leave a generous review it helps the podcast grow thank you my name is ben here she comes to wreck the day <laughs>
1: Great <choice. laughs> my name is anton jerry Enjoy my wife, Ogundamu. I, I knew I'm you Ian. picked that one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Uh, I'm Ian. I've had better. Green. <laughs>
0: so, tell me, Dr. Ogundimu, where are we going this time?
1: We are going back, way back to 1997, and the film is Liar. Liar! Liar! No,
0: it is Laya Laya,
1: sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I watched Leia Leia. Fuck. I'm <laughs> <laughs> watching a vampire movie. Shit. It's so funny
1: because Laya Laya spelled differently could could be a very different film.
0: Yes, this is a comedy film and a Jim Carrey vehicle directed by Tom Shadyak. Actually, it was um, Shady, Shadyak, but I think Shadyak sounds much better. One of the three films that the director and star uh, worked on together, A Perfect Tandem. Um, he also directed Bruce Almighty and Ace Ventura. Um, and completely nothing to do with Jim Carrey. He also directed The Nutty Professor, which is a favourite of mine. So he knows how to do his bombastic comedies, that's for sure.
1: It's like, honestly, the the, the combination of Carrey and Shadyak, or Shadyak, we I've got I do kind of like as well. it's
0: shady. If you just go
1: shady, shadyak. You know what I'm mean? saying? But shady-ack. Um, It's like, it's like, it's like DiCaprio and Scorsese type stuff. Like, I mean let's just face it, those
2: two killed it. <laughs> Bruce Almighty, Ace Ventura, Liar Liar. N- nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. I I love them. I, I'm not going to lie, Ace Ventura has always got a special place in my heart, but Liar was very good too.
0: Um, yeah, so the movie, it's about a lawyer who built his entire career online. But he finds himself cursed to speak only the truth for a single day, during which he struggles to maintain his career and uh, to reconcile with his ex-wife and son, whom he alienated with his pathological lying. It was a critical and commercial hit. And what do we think, boys? Uh, When we obviously we didn't watch it for the first time together, but we did watch it together at at uni. It was one of those um, Sunday evening six pm. Didn't, mm-hmm. didn't didn't feel like going out for a third night in a row <laughs> but i do remember watching it because for ages we were actually quoting it verbatim like for every household do you, do
1: you know do you know do you know like genuinely like I, i'll tell you what it is is the, the i'll tell you the line for me right like when i see it i don't see jim carrey i see ian right and it was
2: It was me.
1: (laughs) That's that. I I swear that was the reason we watched that film that night. Uh, Genuinely, like it. It was me. (laughs) Freaking like that killed me watching that back when we watched this film. It was brilliant.
2: (laughs) It's a great story overall. You know, it's very wholesome. Very like. Easy going, easy to watch. I think when you're putting it on, you kind of know that, yeah. Even though it is about lying, it's all about the good side of it and the fun side of it. And Jim Carrey carries it. It's absolutely incredible at this. All our reviewed movies are rated U. This stands for University Standard. And seeing as students generally have lower standards than most other classes of people, viewer discretion is advised.
0: I definitely got more out of it this time. Like for the first time, I think, and I really haven't watched it in at least 10 years. Um, I feel like I got a bit more of a life lesson out of it as not, not that I just learning that lesson, but I was like, shit, yeah, this is a film about this.
1: I think, I think I laughed far, far harder this time round than I've ever Done watching that film. Like I've always thought, yeah, it's pretty funny. It's pretty good. It's it's quite concise, etc. But like, there were genuine. All that stuff kind of just makes sense as an adult. You can just kind of put yourself where he is. So when he's struggling and he can't, and he, he literally can't tell a lie. It's like, how is he? Even though I've seen it, it's like, how is he going to get out of this? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's crazy. It's a one man show. Yeah, I mean, let's. Yeah, I mean, Jim Carrey was built was quite literally built for this role and for this film.
0: Well, we we are popping our uh, Kerry Cherry here on back to the pictures. <laughs> nice nice nice. Uh, our first episode covering one of uh, Jim Carrey's vast collection of classic movies. And um you know, we're all in our mid 30s. I
1: think we can all accept the fact that our generation are children of Jim Carrey. One of my first you know films that I owned, and it's because I bought it. I didn't want. I didn't buy it, but I got bought it as a birthday present from church. Funny enough, and they were like, "What film do you want?" And I asked for The Mask. And that was one of the first films I owned
2: on 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 VHS. I was gonna say The Mask, put per Jim Carrey, completely on the nailed map. it. Just because just cause of the range as well. Like he was hilarious. He was great. You love The Mask, but then you know. It did also show that slightly darker side, which I quite liked as a movie.
1: Yeah,
2: there,
0: pe- people say that nothing happened in the nineties. There was a revolution in the nineties. The nineties didn't just happen. Jim Carrey stormed onto the scene, launched his movie career, and he burned down the old comedy template of Hollywood and recreated yeah. it in his own image. Yeah, like yeah. If I may, I think we could use this time while running down the cast to just catch up with each other on how we enjoyed Jim Carrey flicks in the 90s how we continue to watch them at uni and why for us they're still amazing i mean do you, can you can you think how many jim carrey films you've seen in the cinema i i was thinking about this i can i can i think i know how many i i remember seeing when nature calls in the cinema i definitely saw batman forever i definitely saw the mask I fudged my age to see Liar Liar in the cinema. <laughs> it was Im- it was impossible. Like I, you couldn't miss a Jim Carrey film in the cinema. It was sacrilegious.
1: Mm. Right. For me, I- the funny thing is for me because obviously I didn't I didn't get the, t- the chance to go to the cinema much. But it was definitely one of those things where it was like as soon as that as soon as that comes out on because we uh, we lived we lived by Sky you know Sky TV. so it was like as soon as that comes out of Sky normally box office dad would be like cool, yeah we'll get it straight up and it was just always. There's just so, so many films that he's, I don't even I don't even know where to start. I generally don't
2: know where to start. I think the Ace Venturas were the ones that I always went out of my way whenever they was on TV to watch as much of. Because cause I was so young when they come out, um, or like I didn't have access to them. I remember it was one of those films you're watching broken parts just because, you know, you're flicking channels and it's on. So... I didn't see the first Ace Ventura, like, from beginning to end. I think a lot of it probably went over my head, at least the first one, um, just because of that. But absolutely infatuated with Jim Carrey. It's funny, because even the criticism for this film, right, it was, like, the big thing, obviously.
1: He's quite quite a polarizing actor, right? Like, people either loved him or hated him, um, because his style is very, very extreme. But even with this film, there was loads of critics who were like, oh... They were giving it like it average something like a six point nine, but then also like a nine eighty three or nine or like eighty something eighty three percent I think was on Rotten Tomatoes, which is obviously high, and they were like, uh oh. a lot of critics were writing about how it was quite worrying how much kind of Jim Carrey grew on them, especially through this film because it was very kind of, it was very Jim Carrey, but he was quite layered in it. Do you remember he was like? Funny, serious Jim Carrey when he had to deal as as the divorced husband, but then obviously crazy Jim Carrey when he couldn't lie, but then also emotional Jim Carrey when he was with his son. So it was like, it really tested his range on, on all of it, while still being very much Jim Carrey.
0: For me, I can't get it out of my head that these movies that he did, like Dumb and Dumber, um, The Mask, Ace Ventura particularly, uh, The Cable Guy, and definitely Lie Liar. They were not. They they could not have been done satisfactorily by any other actor.
1: Yeah, of course, of course not, of course not.
0: They would all fall seriously flat and mediocre. Yeah, I think I think he's the I think Jim Carrey is in a league of his own with with only one other person. So technically not a league of his own. Um, a league of two. Uh, Robin Williams is the only other person where. I-, I could say like without that, without that character, without that charisma, without that energy, the film wouldn't work.
1: Yeah, I've got, I've got. Yeah, I feel like, and it's weird saying like he was the newer version because they were obviously both active at the same time. But I know Robin Williams was very much on the scene first. But it was very much that kind of a, a lot more energetic, which is something to be said, obviously, because Robin Williams was very energetic himself. But literally to to the point where with with, with Jim Carrey, because I mean, obviously, like the guy was was what he he was he was literally a contortionist Do you mean like he the stuff that he could do and everything he did from in living color it was like it was extreme right it was like the extreme version of what robin williams robin williams did but it very much was kind of like that it's a a perfect um fraternity for lack of a better term of, of just those two pretty much i can't think of anyone else anyone else of that kind of ilk
0: should we run down the rest of the I mean, the, the rest of the list is kind of, for, for lack of a better term, it's a bit negligible. Mm-hmm. Um, You've got uh, Maura uh, Turney yeah. as Audrey Reed, which is Fletcher's ex-wife. We had Justin Cooper as Max Reed, uh, Fletcher's son. I don't believe I've ever seen him in anything since, which is kind of typical of child actors that look all look like Jake Lloyd, by the way. Yeah, exactly
1: exactly that. Exactly that. They are all
0: cut from the same mold.
1: Yeah, yeah. Did did Jake Lloyd
0: play? No, no, no. I'm like that. It was a cookie cutter of the Jake Lloyd template. Like this cute kid, um, a little darker than you you would think for someone who had blonde hair and blue eyes, Mm. uh, very cute voice. Um, Not quite sure if they could act, but there was enough ambiguity to. To think that maybe they 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 could act like it's like the you know um the kid from Kindergarten Cop. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: That it was that kind of template, you know. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine Justin Cooper Podracing? Is is the big question? Because I think he looks exactly like fucking Anakin. It, well, it, I mean, that's I that, mean, that that's, that's, that's that. that. I mean, that's it's
1: it, it's that exact is exactly what he's talking about. It's literally just that exact style. You pick, you can the kids are interchangeable <laughs> you could probably put them you could probably give them the same lines <laughs> they're all around us what are we going to do <laughs> oh no <laughs> he looks the exact same as well. <laughs> so, like, literally it's like you could just literally put them you could they're, they're interchangeable quite literally it's that very much again it is reminiscent of that 90s style like literally when the film started. like again, okay, sorry to kind of go but when the film started even like universal Sit, so like, like, symbol. It, everything just screamed nostalgia, and it was just like, I remember this time. Do you know what I mean? The well, I say that
0: it's a negligible cast. You've got uh, Kerry Yules, who plays Jerry, the new yeah. love interest. I yeah. mean, he's pretty big in the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: i the funny thing is, do you, I, do you know what I remember him from most? I know he was in Twister, etc., and I was like one of the big ones, but I remember him most from and Ben. I think you, in fact, you may both know this because I know you're both Mel Brooks fans. Robin Hood, Men in Tights.
2: Oh wow! Yeah,
1: that was he was Robin Hood, and for me that just because that is one of my all-time favorite films. Do you know who else is in Robin Hood Men in Tights? That you would probably wouldn't. Well, there's, actually, there's loads of people in it because obviously it's Mel Brooks. But guess who? Who was a? Do you know who a was? No. Dave Chappelle. No way. A was Dave Chappelle. It. <laughs> it was absolutely yeah, crazy. No, that makes sense. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. But yeah, Carrie, um Terry Elvis. He. Apparently he ran into Carrie, uh, Jim Carrey and Tom Shadyak in Hollywood. Like apparently they were just having like like they were just having dinner or they were at, like at a, a cafe or something like that. And then he ran into him and they like, Hey, how you doing here? Because he knew he knew both of them like outside of this. Um and they were like they were like, What were you what, are you, what are you guys up to? And Carrie was like, Oh, we're making a movie, do you wanna be in it? And he just went, Okay. That's how he signed up immediately. And that was it. He was in the film straight away. <laughs> no, didn't read the car. Didn't read anything. Didn't discuss anything. No negotiation, nothing. He was just like, cool in the film.
2: He did such a great job of playing a character that you don't really hate, but not, you don't really like. <laughs> just like, <laughs> he's that perfect balance of just are like, okay. He's done that yeah. a few things. Yeah. You know, yeah. he was in Hot Shots.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was in Hot Shots as well. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, he still gets asked to do The Claw. Like, you know his version of The Claw? Apparently, people still come up to him and ask him to do his version of The Claw.
0: <laughs> I think he's most famous for Princess Bride.
1: Yeah, true, yeah. true, true, yeah. Uh,
0: Jennifer Tilly, uh, Samantha Cole, a client of Fletcher's. And if you don't know who Miss Tilly is, you surely don't know your iconic voice actresses. Um, she's the voice of Tiffany from the Chucky series.
1: And she also plays Bonnie Swanson. Yeah. She voices Bonnie Swanson from Family Guy. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to remember exactly what I knew her from. Like like her face is so recognizable. I was trying to remember exactly what it was that I remember her from. But then again, I and again, back to this whole interchangeable 90s style. She reminds me a bit of Tori Spelling from 90210. You know, that kind of okay. that kind of look. And then also a probably extreme version of Melanie Griffith in Working Girl. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And again, that kind of that's
2: probably more that's obviously more 80s, but that kind of look. Was she from? Uh, was she in Chase and Amy? Have I got that wrong? No,
0: no, no. You're you no. you're, 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 you're co- comparing the voices, the nasally voice. Yeah, I think I am. That was uh, Joni Laura Adams. Is she a poker player? Have I got that wrong as well? Apparently,
1: apparently, so, mate. There is so much. She's and it's funny. That she's literally been in everything: Cheers, uh, Frasier just everything.
0: But that, that's pretty much the cast.
1: Um, Jason Bernard, the judge um who's been again yeah. same similar thing being quite in a few things that was apparently he was what his last role apparently he died Dude, off like he died in,
0: in post-production
1: yeah post-production there you go Ooh. so there was that and then the beggar who was um same thing he was um apparently that was his last role as well don kiefer that's it don kiefer apparently that was his last role as well
0: right uh maestro play that trailer We're going
2: to share what our parents do for work. My mom's a teacher. And your dad? He's a liar. (laughs) You mean he's a lawyer.
1: Fletcher Reed was climbing the ladder of success.
0: You're the victim
2: here. Driven into the arms of another man. Seven. Yeah, whatever. One lie.
0: Tell him it's in the mail. I
2: ran out of gas. You're losing a little weight.
0: At the time, the true victim is my client. Put yourself in his shoes for a moment. You're walking from church, when suddenly, you encounter him pouncing from the shadows. But what made him a successful
2: lawyer? Your ex-wife called. I have to go to court this afternoon. Fletcher, it's his birthday. Also made him an unpredictable father. He said he was gonna be here. He promised.
1: Until one day, his son decided to make an honest man out of him.
2: I wish that for only one day, Dad couldn't tell a lie. Was it good for you? (laughs) I've had better. <laughs> now.
0: Any change, <laughs> mister? Absolutely. <clears throat> could you
2: spare some? Yes, I could. Uh, I can't lie. All he
1: can do is tell the truth.
2: Like the new Whatever it takes the focus off your head.
1: The whole truth. You know why I pulled you over? I change lanes without signaling while running a red light and speeding.
2: And nothing but the truth. It was me. Your wish came true. <laughs> The How are we doing this morning, Consul?
1: I'm a little upset about a bad sexual episode I had last night. From Universal Pictures and Imagine Entertainment and the director of The Nutty Professor,
2: Jim Carrey. Liar Liar. New in the building? Mm-hmm. Everybody's been real nice. Well, that's well, because you have big...
0: This is the point where we warn you, moving forward, spoilers come thick and fast. Faster and more lethal than Fletcher's unbelievably raw roast on Simmons. So, if you want to pause the podcast here and go watch the movie, that's cool. And if you don't mind, let's continue on. Fletcher Reed is a lawyer and divorced father living in Los Angeles who loves spending time with his young son, Max. However, Fletcher also has a habit of giving precedence to his career, breaking promises to Max and his ex-wife, Audrey. And then, lying about the reasons which had also made him a successful lawyer at the firm he works, like going back to what I was said about us all being children of Carry's movies, anyone in entertainment now has to have in the back of their mind the sheer force of life that this man brings to the screen. It's a superpower,
1: of course, absolutely, it's a
0: superpower,
2: absolutely,
0: he is boundless in this movie,
2: yeah. The, the yeah. amount of control he has over every part of his face, I body, know. his movement, his reactions is just absolutely incredible. Apparently, Dude, like he's
0: unshackled,
1: unshackled uh, by the laws of physics.
2: Oh, <laughs> like, apparently, he was so exo- like he
1: he gave so much to this film. He was like exhausted after every single shoot, and you could just imagine that was not that's not that's not like one take. He does that stuff. It's like consistently over and over and over again. And, and and again, the fact that he's just so naturally funny as well. Like, apparently there was so much so much film wasted because people just kept losing it whilst they were filming, whilst he was filming. It was, it was absolutely incredible.
0: Dude, and, and they felt so strongly about it. They even t- tagged on outtakes to the end of the film. Exactly. Course, you ex- know, ex- exactly know. that. Some of those outtakes were funnier than what's happening.
1: Oh, absolutely. It was
0: amazing. The energy is outrageous. And, and the amazing thing is, this was the most normal role he had played up to this point. Think about it, right? Dumb and Dumber, The Mask, Ace Ventura, Cable Guy, Batman Forever, all playing characters more bizarre than this Fletcher Reed. I, I was just saying, he's absolutely charmingly insane in this film, but not even remotely as much as some of his other
1: roles. Exactly that. Like, one of the reasons he actually agreed to this was apparently this is the first, and, and this, this is madness. This is apparently the first film where, he didn't have to do anything to his hair. It was just him. Apparently in all other films, he's had to do hair, makeup and stuff. And like, it was the, like you said, the most grounded <laughs> comedy that he'd done. And him and Shariak made a joke about how this was the film that like, kind of made them grow into grounded comedy. <laughs> Yet the energy is is still on another level.
0: That's a great observation. I didn't even think about that, because in all his other roles he's had to have some sort of you know, even even the red light, he's had to have
1: hair, other... makeup, absolutely yeah. everything. Do you know, do you know, he turned down the role of um Doctor Evil in Austin Powers. Really? To do this what? to do this to do this you film. Mean?
0: You mean Doctor Evil wasn't always supposed to be Mike Myers nope. as well?
1: Nope. Here's the funny thing, but apparently Mike Myers was uh, one of the people they thought of for the role for this film. <laughs> but he was, it was, he, so he was one of he, he. They originally wanted to have Jim Carrey as Doctor Evil.
0: Wow. Can you imagine? He was just like, "Your fuck's sake! If you want a job done, do it yourself."
1: <laughs> <laughs> it literally was, and again, he turned it down because he was just like, "Look, I can't do more hair, makeup." Having to have the bald head, the extra, all like it was just, again, it was just becoming too much after Ace Ventura and everything else that he's done.
2: It's funny because Dr. Evil was so funny because he was low energy. It would have been such a different Dr. Evil with Jim Carrey. But he, I
1: reckon he would have nailed it. But yeah, he, like, Mike Myers actually turned down the role to do Austin Powers. And apparently Eddie Murphy was considered for the role as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well I was, I, I, I was going to say, I, There are comedians who are incredible in their own right, like Eddie Murphy, Bill Murray, people Mm -hmm. that are as funny as Jim Carrey, but are completely not Jim Carrey.
1: Yeah. And you cannot do, you can't replicate what he does. That's what makes him money. Absolutely that, absolutely that. And it's funny we mentioned Robin Williams at first because that was one of the other people that they considered as well for the role. But he was just like, nah, I I can't do that. (laughs) Because you can imagine Robin Williams was obviously much older than... Jim Carrey at the time. So it was just like, nah, I can't, I can't, I don't have that.
2: I, I wonder how much of it, like the original written material they had, they ended up using rather than just letting, um, Jim Carrey go off the handle and just like, just let him run scene after scene. Cause it's so his style, you know, that like, you very see Jim Carrey dictating certain scenes. And, um, I, I imagine the, in uh, he had the same
0: clause in his contract that Robin Williams had in most of his movies, more specifically Mrs. Doubtfire, which was there had to be two takes no matter what. Even if even if the director does the first take, right? And, and he says, nailed it, let's move on. There had to be contractually two takes, one the way the director wanted it and one the way Robin Williams wanted it. And Jesus. The, and the director actually says they ended up using about 60% Robin Williams Takes. Crazy. Crazy. What, what from Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah. He's like his his version of the scene was funnier than anything mm. I could come up with. Any That's way of, of using the material. That's crazy. That's crazy. Mm. When you're that funny, and it's and there is a correlation between Kerry and um Williams because they were both they're both or well, they both have suffered one you know daily departed, no longer with us, but mm. they both suffered from uh, mental health issues mm. and depression. Because when you are that funny, you must see the rest of the world like fucking ants. You like who who can make you laugh? Like everything like you must be on such a different level.
1: It's that it's that classic case of the whole the, the clown, isn't it? It's why clowns have the the tear because mm. they jest but really they're actually hurting inside and 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 humor is how they deal with it and again like you said if you are that if you are that funny and that energetic energetic consistently in your job what is your mind like when <laughs> like like um funny enough, was his name Jerry as well like uh, in the in Friends I hate to be there when the laughter stops <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that that's cutting that's it's, it's it's so damn true it really is
0: yeah uh thing is the um the the, the 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 robin williams jim carrey uh template there's there's something to be said for if for whatever reason you speak to them and they don't say something funny everyone automatically thinks something's wrong and yeah, yeah. I, I remember reading a um, an article uh, an interview with Will Farrell recently and he's being funny and then someone said so what's your favorite smell right because you're expecting a dick and fart joke and he said my favorite smell i love smelling the top of my baby's head and then I, obviously this was this was in writing so i don't know how it went but i imagine there was a pause because then in the article, he he says, "Oh, sorry, you wanted something funny, didn't you?" Um, and then comes up with something funny, and it's like, wow. just for like one moment, he wanted to be say, "What well, I, the, my favorite smell is the my newborn baby's smell," but yeah. I can't say that because yeah, you that's not what's expected that's of me, me ever, exactly under any situation. Exactly.
2: Which you think unhappy, like, clown? I remember there was there was an interview. I can't remember exactly what happened in it. But it was with Jim Carrey, and everyone was sort of checking in, like, is he okay sort of thing. I think it's probably because of that, where he's like, he's done comedy for so long, he actually mastered it, and it was an art. And even his view of Hollywood, you know, he'd got to that point where he was so big that he can say exactly what he thinks. And because he didn't show up to this premiere and was cracking jokes and being, you know, crazy body humor, he seemed very, very, like, um, not depressed, but just very sort of, like, very anti-establishment, incredibly, like... Well, here's That's the funny thing. Stuff. He hated it.
1: He at the by the end of his career, he hated it. He thought it was all fake. Um I've seen so many interviews of him talking about how, you know, he talks about how everything is just a construction. It's just all. It's just. It's just nothingness. It's all fake. It's just it, again, like I said, it's all simulated, and he's done so many interviews. And there was like I think the one you're talking about was when he turns up to red carpet. I can't remember if he's in the film and. He's just he's just done, and he he's like, oh, what are people wearing? He's like, oh, he's like, I think someone asked what someone's wearing or something like that, and he's like, that's it, that's that's what you got, and he just he just he was by the time he's finished his career, he was just done with it. But again, it is probably that you are so far on these on the edge of hilarious energy, entertainment, etc., that at some point you just you're just like, I'm done. You've had it all. I'm done.
0: Truth, truth be told, my favourite Jim Carrey film is not a comedy.
1: No, Eternal Sunshine.
2: No.
1: Oh, Eternal yes. Sunshine. Yep. I, I, I know my boy! I know my boy! Yeah. Eternal Sunshine. You know Eternal never Sunshine
2: seen
1: it? It's a great film. Well, it, it's, it's a great film. Well, it,
0: it's just... First of all, you have seen it. You watched <laughs> it at your house in, like, the mid-2000s. Ferris had rented it. I don't know why. Okay. Um, but you didn't like it. You didn't like it, so that's probably why I don't remember it. Um, it's the one where it's, it's the one where him and Kate Winslet they seem to be both two just individual people uh, living um, like sort of empty, unfulfilled lives, but then realise that they actually once knew each other. But an experimental type of technology allowed them to forget each other. Really? That's
1: the yeah. Plot? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That's the full title.
2: Sounds crazy.
1: Yeah, it was a pretty good film. It was actually a really good film. Yeah, it really was. Kind of catches you by, it catches you by surprise because it's Jim Carrey. That's a great way of putting
0: it. Yeah. You realize fucking hell, he's got chops as well.
1: Oh man. Like for real. And Truman Show is more of a fucking horror film than it is a comedy. Do you know what? That's the I was literally thinking about that. I was just thinking, I was just like, oh, it's like we joke about, oh, Jim Carrey's the funny man. But man, well, I thought that, yo, that guy's got range. That's, that's range. Truman Show is like a nightmare. <laughs> it is. Truman Show undoubtedly
0: predicted almost, almost, uh, to a T, the future of reality television. But yeah. The, the, the world, the infantilized world that he is in is, it was more scary to me than funny.
1: Yeah. And obviously. And what's
0: he going to do when he gets out? You know, at the end of that film, it's like a bleak uh it, it's it, it's a bleak ending where he, he leaves the confines of the truman show where he can never be hurt and he's going to go out into this world that he would ne- he could never ever possibly know how how it really
1: is out there yeah, absolutely what 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 skills etc do you have less the the ones other than the ones that you were given do you know what i mean it's like yeah i don't know It's something It's yeah it's a lot it's a lot
2: I presumed, like, my, my, I always fantasized that he just, like, was a big enough celebrity that he just made it. It was so big. It's like, it's like you've written the world's best selling novel. Do you know what I mean? And it was your life. What was you feeling? He could answer every question. Every show would want him. I just thought, like, in my head, I was like, he got out. And admittedly, it's like he spent a lot of his life living, you know, a fake life. But yeah. I think there'd on. be some trust issues. <laughs> oh, <my goodness. laughs> and when. In the, in the in the least <laughs> or he freaks out and he's like what if this is part of the show what if i'm not outside Dude, the show the show made me think i was outside legit, the show there's a legit there's a legit
0: sequel where you could be like they arranged for his that they they arranged that so when he thought he'd left the show it was actually just another stage of control yep. oh
2: man could you imagine that's a horror film <laughs> <laughs> Did we talk at all about the opening section to this film? <laughs> I don't think no, but we'll go, no, we're what going to... What film are we even...
1: <laughs> Welcome to the podcast with Jim about Jim Carrey.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll dive right in. So Fletcher is a stereotypical absentee father of American folklore, right? True. Um, you, get, you get this cute little soundbite from The Sun, where it's like, my dad's a liar. Oh, you mean lawyer? Lawyer. That was
1: so well done. So well done.
0: Yeah. I, I I think that was one of those, let's make this for the trailer. um, Yeah. 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 Moments. Uh, so, but then you're, you're right into his life and you, and you see him mow through his morning commute with like brisk and empty small talk. Isn't what he's doing the most natural thing in the world? I've worked in dozens of, of huge offices that have hundreds of staff. And although you respect your colleagues, you even like some of them. What else are you going to do? Just stroll in and tell everyone how much they fuck you fucking hate them,
1: or how that, much you fucking hate your mornings. This is why this film hits so much more because, as a, as a kids, you can't put yourself in that position, right? Whereas right. now, one million percent. And again, we're gonna t- we're gonna get to the scene, but it's also why that scene and you know what I'm talking about hits so much harder because it's just like yes, let it all out. <laughs> oh my god! But it's it's why it's why it works so well because I, I I challenge you could almost right give people the initial like like line whatever and tell them to write the response. And it will be what Jim Carrey gave in that film.
0: Because yeah, it, sure.
1: it, we're all about the bullshit.
0: <laughs> so then I don't get why this opening is meant to symbolise how lost and in need of redemption this guy is. He's living every single nine to five his life. Pretty much. I, I still don't... Let's just say someone someone uh, makes a, a decree and it's like, no, absolutely, he's he's awful, that's terrible, you shouldn't lie. Everyone be honest with each other. The world would end tomorrow. It,
1: ah, put, and sorry to segue. We sorry would to, all kill each other. Sorry to segue, right? Sorry to segue this, but this film, I tell you, do you know what film I, I started watching um, because of this film? Uh, the, is it The Invention of Lying? Was it? Is that what it's called? Yeah,
2: Ricky Gervais. The yes. one with Ricky Gervais.
1: Yeah, yeah. I watched, admittedly, I know you guys are Ricky Gervais fans. I watched about 25, 30 minutes of the film and I just, I couldn't do it. Like, it was just, it was just too, it was too fake. Right? Bruv, it just didn't, it's... it just didn't hit. Whereas this does. Bro,
0: it's a fucking one joke film. Oh this, man. That invention of lying, right? One joke film. It, it, the invention of lying is what Liar Liar would be without Jim Carrey. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Oh, 100%. 110%.
2: I, I think they um, they absolutely nail with Jim Carrey, though, where he does just enough to make you really disappointed in him. Because you can see he cares and you can see he's there, especially for yeah. his family and his son. But then you see him make decisions where you're like, really, really dude? You know, that, it's like?
1: Do you know what? This is the power of this film and Jim Carrey. It's the fact that even though you a quote unquote compulsive liar, you are deep down, deep down, you're rooting for him. Yeah. Because he loves his son and he wants to, but there's just this, mm, come on, dude. So then, yeah. so then when, mm. it, so when stuff happens, it's like, mm, I think that's what the power of is, uh, that film. I'd say that,
0: uh, you know, he's a sensational lawyer. He takes on big money cases and I'm just going to play devil's advocate and say, how much do you think he's paying in alimony each month? You know, yeah. he's got a lot of financial True. and moral responsibility True. to provide for his son True. However, True. however this movie is going to drive home it's theme no matter what so you know, <laughs> we see him be the- we see him be more flippant than the average overworked parent right mm. the normal parent know, knows A. when you have to work you have to work and also with the best of intentions sometimes you have to take a rain check but in just to play devil's advocate what happens if he if he does stop working? Like, who's keeping the lights on?
2: Yeah, but it, it's the short, like, to me, I know it sounds, it's how far he goes with, like, his son's, he said he's taking him to wrestling. I think it was wrestling. He takes him to his office to go on the way to wrestling. And then at the office, it's like, oh, yeah, no, we can't go now. And even his secretary, she's like, oh, you want me a very expensive gift because I remember to buy your son his birthday present. Mm. And then he even remembers the gift enough to take it from his secretary to give it to the partner. <laughs> yeah. that, that's like a power move because he wants to be a partner. But I was still right. like, oh, come on, man. Like Just those two <laughs> yeah. things, yeah. I was like. So, yeah. so just re-
0: remo- removing the devil's advocate mask yes uh what i I was what i'm saying is like normal parents and i hope that i will be one of them where (laughs) uh, it's still hey it's still it's still to 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 be seen um Mm. when you i i would you know you would say when daddy has to work he has to work with the best of intentions sometimes it's going to have to be a rain check but very rarely right what fletcher is doing wrong in my humble opinion. As you said, Ian, and as you said, Anton, is the excuses. Yeah. He's not being real. Yeah. He is not being direct. He treats yeah. his son like a fucking moron and his yeah. ex-wife.
2: Yeah, yeah. You yeah. should
0: always show your children the proper respect and own your actions. Yeah. Everything you do and say is giving them the impression of what the real world is like—a world exactly. that they will eventually have to enter. So it's irresponsible for Fletcher to break these promises and and just pass the
2: buck. Yeah, but I think he's at this point though. His character's is built and founded on them, especially with way his career has gone. Is lying is his day to day. It's like, so funny because like I said, can't even It's, walk in it's, it's weird because you swing, you swing either way. Because Ben nailed it. It's like
1: if he ain't making the money, who's paying the check? Tell me what his wife does. His ex-wife. What did she do?
0: Well, whatever she does, I'll she wait. Able to fucking. <laughs>
1: <Isn't it>? I'll <laughs> wait. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't fucking she tell you that job <laughs> uh, a truck of a fucking Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I'm going, to, I'm going to Boston tomorrow. <laughs> do you it is? Do it is? I think, do I, I just think of this as like, it's like, <laughs> we haven't got to it yet, but it's just like, Merry Christmas. What's this? Go mess around with the light switch. It's called electricity, bitch. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> hey, Chris, Chris Rock said it. Chris Rock literally did that set where he's like, everyone always, um, tells you to, to remember to thank your mum for always cooking and cleaning. <laughs> but no one ever says, hey, Dad, thanks so much for this beautifully heated house. I had a nice warm bath this morning. And, and I was able to do my homework because of this glorious light that you're paying for.
1: <laughs> it's so, so true. So uh, every curious. loving
0: parent wishes that they could spend as much time with their kids as possible. but what? But they know what kids do not that the family's very existence relies on the parents' ability to provide food, shelter, and warmth, etc. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. The movie does what it needs to do to get from the, uh, from the first act to the second, but we're still in the first act. We see Fletcher at the office, um, one side of his world, yeah. uh, and then you see him interact with his kid, which is the, it's a small microcosm of his world. And immediately, I'm shocked by how easy his wife, his ex-wife, Audrey, is charmed by him. True. At least initially. True. It's intimated that their relationship broke down, amongst other things, because he cheated on her. True. True. And she fawns over his, for lack of a better term, carryisms. Yeah. She loves seeing him with their son. Okay, I yeah. get that. But But come on. He palms every decision, every responsibility, and all the baggage off onto her. He is a cameo in both of their lives. He left her to pick up the pieces of her own broken heart, after the marriage ended, and then still leaves her to clear up the son's broken heart from his parenting, and yeah, yet it's true. so obvious that she is madly in love with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's still on it. That's so, Anton. This podcast, you have you've made a habit of summing up every single thing like <laughs> taking <10,000 laughs> an hour to say something, and you say it in one sentence. I should be like, yeah, she's on it. She's on it. She's on it. <laughs> she's on it. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing. I'm taking a, a, a page out of the um, the cut from Hot Fuzz. Tats. <laughs> I'm just son of everything. She's still on it. Yeah. Tats.
0: <laughs> they give us enough so that we we know that he loves his son. Like you know these little rituals, like the claw. The claw. That's what makes kids
1: love their childhood. Absolutely, absolutely. Like apparently, that claw was what Jim Carrey's dad used to do to him. That's where you got it from. Oh, no, that's sick. I didn't know that's, that. That's where you got it oh, from. That's, to, that's where Jim Curry, that's where you got it from. My, my
0: dad and I used to have a ritual. Whenever I was ill and I had to take medicine, um, he would take it with me and we both would like, pretend like we were sick because of the medicine. And now whenever I take medicine, I I, I anchor back to that memory.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: it was a ritual and it, it made the medicine go down easier.
1: Yeah, It's yeah, yeah. uh I mean, the, the, these things are what kids kind of live for at that age. Me, my dad had, um, different, whist- so this is going to sound, this is going to sound really bad, but it's an African thing, but you know, when not, you know to call us, to, to call, like you say, to call rather than shouting down the house, we all had different whistles. So you'd know who was calling by the whistle. And then each of us had different handshakes. So we, we all, one of the things we had to do, we always had to say goodnight to mum and dad, you, you um, give mom a kiss on the cheek and you do your handshake with dad and we ha- each had individual handshakes with our dad with my dad
0: well I, I, I'm all for the handshake
1: thing the whistle thing sounds like corporal punishment <laughs> <laughs> it sounds it's so much more enduring. as soon as I said it I was just like yo this is gonna sound so bad but trust me from African people they understand they understand It's like it's just like yeah <laughs>
0: It's like it's like you're playing in the garden and, you're, and you hear this whistle and you're like, okay, we're going in a minute. And then you hear another
1: whistle. And you're like, right, that means business. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just like, Massachusetts. Mass- yes, Massachusetts. Yes, Mass, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get me in troubles. Oh <laughs> this is taking a weird, weird <laughs> This is taking such a weird part. But I swear, it was endearing. It's endearing, okay? We all loved it. So uh, you remember the bit where Fletcher is leaving the court building um, at the beginning of the film? Um, so he's asked by uh, some guy and he's like, hey, Fletcher, he's like, how did you go in there? So that is the real life Christopher Darden. So that's the actual lawyer who uh, prosecuted OJ Simpson um, in the trial. So obviously, you are know, the whole... he, wait,
0: he prosecuted him? That was, the act-
1: that was the actual... So that was the opposing counsel. That's the guy that went up against Johnny Cochran, right? So (laughs) Fletcher, he responds with like just another victory for the wrongfully accused obviously playing off the fact that like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, this is, (laughs) this is literally what he does, like genuinely. And, and again, even, even the whole tone of it where Darden, I think he replies something like, "He's like, yeah, right," which is obviously like a cynical play on OJ right, being okay. wrongfully, so, quote-unquote, wrongfully accused. You know? Right, right, right. So it was actually
0: tongue-in-cheek, over tongue-in-cheek. Absolute,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely that. Exactly. Shit, that. that's deep. That's meta. Exactly that. That's that- nuts. It's absolutely nuts. It's like it's like it's like one of those re- re- like oddly massive cameos that means so much, but you just wouldn't know anything about. He he did it right. Are we all in agreement that he did it? i mean i know
0: I mean, hold on i know that anton i know that your dad may have a different opinion on this <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it was actually doing press ups at the actual it, do you know what it is like let's face it right it's one of those times where it's gonna sound really bad but like you know like we just needed to win do you know what i mean <laughs> like, like even 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 dave Chappelle made jokes about it you know like we all knew his, it's like when <laughs> when he does the whole you know the whole oj like bit and he's like um what does he say? He says, yeah, he's like, what, you have bloody gloves? He's like, yo, every nigger's got bloody gloves. <laughs> <laughs> and he whips out his own bloody gloves. It's just like, yeah. It, uh, it, was, it was, it's one of those weird ones where you, you, just, you just needed a win, but it didn't it didn't feel good. Like even black people were like, mm, yeah, we on yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I just can't, I can't believe that he felt so guilty that he'd gotten off. All he had to do for the rest of his life was not get put in front of a judge what or a, jury ever what again.
1: A, what, like, it, like, oh, man, we could, yeah. That in itself is, could be a whole freaking podcast, like OJ. He does want, you can
0: tell he does want to hang out with his son. Uh, you know, like Ian says, he's taking him to a wrestling match where he has, he inten- has every intention of doing that. Um, although, I did write this down, as the resident wrestling nerd, I have to make you all aware, there is bollocks brewing here. Fletcher announces that he's taken... Max to see the Macho Man Randy Savage. Randy
2: Savage. Yeah. Rude. yeah, yeah. yeah. He's I was even lying like, about
0: that. I was like, well, He's I, was, even I was lying about that.
1: Even I was like, what? Rick? What? <laughs> in, in in
0: 1994, Randy Savage and Rick Rude weren't even working for the same company, and they've only ever wrestled each other way back in the golden age of the 80s. So bollocks. That's why I was. That's
1: what I was thinking. A card. Yeah, that's but, what I was. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking that myself. as well I was like, what? Nah.
2: But well, yeah. do you think they didn't want to pay for the names of, of recent wrestlers? Ah, <laughs> like, no, they we were both cheap? still big name wrestlers. They just were one was working for
0: uh Savage was still with WWF at the time and Rude was with WCW. Maybe it was like some so massive just like, a, a, a The movement. writer didn't really do his
1: there was no Google back then. I'll give him a pass. Or 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 it's like <laughs> I'm just thinking again of Is it Morats? Some cr- what well, some crossover event? Shannon Doherty is having a go at him, and she's like, "I didn't want to know whatever kind of Marvel cross- DC crossover event." That like, I'm just thinking, yeah, I'd just yeah, be yeah. ridiculous. Maybe some some mental crossover event. Maybe they did know exactly what they were doing, and they were like, "Only the truly hardcore would understand this."
0: Yeah, here we go. You took me where you wanted to shop, you jerk. You think I care what store in that shit? pit Moore as the latest Godzilla bootlegs? Do you call eating pizza in the same dive pizzeria every night eating out? Do I give a shit when two major comic book labels are crossing (laughs) over characters selling two editions of the same book in varied
1: chromium covers? (laughs) That's the one! That's the one! That's the one! I can just imagine it was just like... This is actually for the hardcore people who are going to understand that this is a major one-time event. This is WWE versus WCW and he's going to take his son there. But wait, no, he doesn't. <laughs> Do you understand how much wrestling he just missed out on?
0: See, <laughs> so the child in me still really resonates with Renette, with, that, with that more rats line. Yeah, it's so means, true. It's thinking deeply about
1: this uh, absentee dad. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to the beauty of Back to the Pictures.
0: On Max's birthday, Fletcher misses the party when senior partner Miranda lures him to get promoted by having sex in the office. Having had enough of Fletcher's compulsive lying, Max makes a birthday wish for Fletcher to be unable to lie for a single day, a wish that immediately becomes true. Fletcher soon discovers, through a series of embarrassing incidents, that he is unable to lie, mislead, or withhold the truth, going so far to the point his body restrains him from even writing a full statement. These incidents alienate Fletcher from both Miranda and his secretary Greta, have his car impounded when he confesses all the traffic infractions and unpaid tickets to a policeman and his inability to bend the truth in court. Sometimes I want to yell when I'm in traffic that I'm an inconsiderate prick.
1: (laughs) Hey, wait! what are you doing? I'm an inconsiderate prick. <laughs> <laughs>
0: because sometimes I just am.
1: Oh, but it, it, like this, this watching again, like I said, watching this now, right? This scene, as much as it is the hilarity, and it is the absolute hilarity of him being unable to not say the truth. But also in the office environment, say exactly what we want to say. What we want to say, like it's just from the, it was me <laughs> to, <laughs> to to the. Hey, what do you think of my dress? Whatever takes the whatever, whatever takes the attention away from your face <laughs> or your head. It's like it's It's literally everything. And I think this is why <laughs> it. This that the, every, the the beginning, like you said, you know all the all the, all the niceties. Probably set up for a bigger payoff for those scenes because you know what you know the lies he's saying to those people, right? We all know what the yeah. truth is, and then we hear we hear the truth, and in true Jim Carrey style, not only is it the truth; it is just the most flamboyant <laughs> truth ever. Dead Man Walking. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I love the reactions as well because the people reacted oh, exactly. God. You know, like like he's they're waiting for the compliment. You know, like oh, that's it's brilliant. Them, and the the rules of the universe are inconsistent, though they break
0: their own rules in this film. You know, he's not allowed to do anything but say the most blatant truth that comes out of his mouth. I get that, but but, but as we see later, he is allowed to use sort of sleight of hand and cryptic metaphor. But then when he Comes out of the elevator. He volunteers the truth without being <laughs> prompted.
1: I'm so, I am so glad you say that because that's going to be a point that comes in.
0: Yeah, which is weird.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm um, with you on that.
0: I will take this time uh, to point out that this script is what I have coined uh, template tidy. It's a true. Hollywood script where everything flows in an easily digestible way. Absolutely. Um, you've got you've got the status quo, which is Fletcher as a flawed individual, aka alcohol workaholic, aka uh a liar. Um his redeeming quality is that deep down he loves his son. And then what happens? Well, he must go on a journey of self discovery in order yep. to overcome his fatal flaw. Yep. There is nothing, nothing original about this premise. It's nope. a homage to what, vice versa, Big, Freaky Friday, A Simple Wish, all those movies, same plot. Hollywood is just obsessed with that absentee dad story and it's quite apparent why. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Because the industry is dominated by a bunch of white middle-aged men who (laughs) spend all their time building empires and not seeing enough of
1: their children. Jim Carrey, a divorced father himself.
0: Right. These execs would receive these scripts about absentee dads and it was like fucking catnip. There's... There's something about this script that just resonates with me. I don't know what it is.
1: Yeah, it's probably. What's it's probably that? Why my son's it... on the phone. No, tell him i will call him back. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably why Eddie Murphy couldn't do the film as well. It wouldn't. Have, they couldn't have been able to resonate See? with it. <laughs> yeah, um, I went in there.
2: But,
0: yeah. <laughs> but uh, unlike unlike most films that we've covered on Back to the Pictures. Um this is a Hollywood paint by numbers movie but the ace in the hole i got to say it again is Jim Carrey
1: of course his
0: mm. energy delivers the goods and he makes it look easy I don't know anyone who could put so much energy into a performance without being on cocaine
1: it, it, like genuinely well, he probably was he probably was <laughs> <so I'm concerned>. <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant absolutely brilliant yeah. it's so it's so like it's just so it's just so well done and like you said, it's nothing new. And I think that was what that was part for me, that was part of the charm of watching this, where it was just an easy watch. You're giving me tropes that I'm well aware of. I know exactly what mm-hmm. I'm going to be getting. It's how do you deliver said tropes? And you deliver them through Jim Carrey.
0: The whole the whole, the whole, whole thing kicks off with the, you know, with the I've had better. To be fair, she must have known, like, it seems like she was getting really, she must have liked him, even though she knew that, they both knew what that was. She had propositioned him to advance his career and he knew that she knew and she knew that he knew that she knew
1: yeah pretty much it was i think it just at that point obviously he's spoken to Samantha Cole for the first time and like convinced her using his deviousness that you're the victim you know and it was just like oh that was brilliant to watch and he's 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 so good at what he does kind of thing have you ever been propositioned anton <coughs> propositioned um <laughs> I can't I can't say that I have, I don't think so. Do you
2: mean for like work? Yeah.
1: For work? Oh, hell no. Absolutely not. That shit doesn't that's not real life, unfortunately. Why not? Yeah. Okay, I I take that back. I take that back. It's not unfortunately, and it's probably a much darker subject, it's not the real life, it's not it's not as real life for males because of many, many different reasons, but for females. And probably not even for that much. Oh, yes. They probably, unfortunately, if I was a female, I'd probably be having a very, very different conversation with you. Well,
0: it was for me. <laughs> <laughs> do you not, do you guys not remember
1: this? This sounds very familiar.
0: I remember, yeah. Ian remembers, and I'll tell you the story. I, I have to be extraordinarily careful. I can't <laughs> tell you what production it was, and I honestly won't tell you the person's name. Oh, I- sorry, I
1: do. Yeah, go, go.
0: This is a male, a, a male senior producer who we're, we're on a night out as a as a crew, and um, I always try to make sure that I was one of the last ones left standing because you got extra uh, brownie points for mm. uh, shouldn't use the term shouldn't use the term brownie actually. Um, <laughs> you, you get extra kudos points, extra man points for, uh, for staying out the latest, even though you know you're shattered um, after a, after a show. So. It comes up where they're just like, uh, oh, I, I really like you. I know you're not like that. I was like, uh-huh. And they're like, but um, I'll tell you what, if you really want to be a producer, I could fast track you. Maybe you just want to come back to mine tonight and we can talk about it. And I uh, was very polite and said no. Um, I then went home and uh, it must be like three in the morning. Of course, Ian's still up. Me and Ian are roommates at the time. And uh, he's like, how was your evening? And I'm like, it's quite awkward, actually. And I told him what happened. And I said, and he propositioned me and said that I could perhaps get ahead of my career. And he was like, and? Did you do it? And I said, well, no. And he's like, you fucking idiots! I was like, what? And you were like, you could have just skipped ten fucking years of your career. He's like, aren't you... you, you, I think you were serious. You were like, aren't you secure with your sexuality? I was like, I, I, yeah, I am. He's like, then what the fuck's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, Ian, you probably weren't serious, but, uh, your point was, what does it matter to you, uh, if you, um, gave head to get ahead? You know? And <laughs> like, <"All right."> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I, you know. Because Ian's always, I, I...
1: <laughs> Oh, I don't know if we're going for that in the final class. Fucking brilliant! What what does it matter to you if you gave ahead to get (laughs) ahead? It's it's only one of the greatest lines that you said. (laughs) 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 Fucking brilliant! Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs)
2: i think it's more like this liar liar part like in putting it back to the film is there's a part later on where he talks about sleeping but he's like i don't even like her i just thought it would do my career and it's like Mm. he's happy sleeping with someone that he probably wouldn't sleep with because he's one comfortable doing it with her and then two he wants to get ahead with his career it wasn't like it was his only you know he way forward he was already in line to get partnered by the sounds of it (laughs) so well First of all, you know, I resent I resent your tone of "Let's get back to the podcast."
0: First of all, fuck you, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, and your professionalism.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, sorry, just joking. But Ian's just got back on me. the fucking road bin. <laughs> <laughs> I found the dirt I, truck. If, if I may, if I may, take a walk with me.
0: Take, take a walk with me um ian you've always lived by this fra- friend's quote which is like he's like stop adding numbers stop stop this is not there's no negotiations to rejection stop stop at it i'll see you monday <laughs> ian says everyone everyone has a price everyone
1: <laughs> everyone
2: has a price you've
1: got the wrong guy you've got the wrong guy
2: Four. i'll see you monday <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> especially for a job you've already been doing. It's like uh, exactly. you're doing the same job exactly. you and it just goes through the roof, and you're like, but my work is still the same on Monday, but... Oh. Yeah. So true.
0: His newest client is Samantha Cole, a gold digger who wants a net sum from her soon-to-be ex-husband Richard Cole. The main witness, Kenneth Falk, with whom Samantha has been cheating, is eager to lie in court to win, but Fletcher cannot suborn perjury. Meanwhile, Audrey is planning to move to Boston with her fiancé, Jerry, and decides to take Max with them to protect him from any future disappointments Fletcher may cause him. Um, as always, with a tidy template script like this, the day this movie takes place must, under all circumstances, be the most important day of the main character's life. And sure. On this day, Fletcher is working on a case that if he wins, we'll see him be named partner at his firm. What could go wrong?
1: (laughs) It's so true. It literally is. It literally is just like, again, but it makes it easy. You know, I always find what, what tropes do is they subconsciously, in a weird way, align you to the film because you, without, you probably do it on a, and I bet everyone does this on a subconscious level. And, and, and not some subconscious level, because everyone does that. It, like, you know, when they guess the next part of the film, they want to guess the next part of the film, right? All you're doing really is you're just trying to recognize what tropes are there and, and how they are being portrayed, right? So it just makes it the film easier to watch. So it's just about, and film watching just does become, it, it, at least got, kind of got to a point where it was just about how are they going to do this specific trope differently.
0: <laughs> I just thought it, uh, Anton's like, uh, uh, he watches movies like, like Matrix Code. He literally is. Not on the screen anymore. <laughs> just see trope, trope, trope. You see,
1: you see, you seeing that's a film you're watching. <laughs> 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 literally, Good. that.
0: Yes. You, uh, if you take the blue pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I'll show you just how deep these plot holes go.
1: Cool. <laughs> 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 it's really brilliant. It is. It really is. But. Again, this is this, this part is, is, I think this is probably after, um, no, yeah, this is actually after the, the part we were talking about where, again, and I've written it down because you mentioned it earlier, Ben. I was like, when she realizes, when, uh, Miranda realizes that he can't lie, right? Um, and Greta's just like resigned and she takes him to the committee, like the board members, the partners committee. Um, because he obviously thinks a lot of them are just dicks. And I mean, I was going to throw a bollocks card at that scene because it was, it is, I mean, anyone who goes in and just destroys management like that, you are done, especially in America, right? But that scene is hilarious, absolutely hilarious. The way he just comes in,
2: slut! You know what I mean?
1: it's fucking, it's freaking brilliant, right? So that's why I kind of, I've probably rescinded the bollocks card for that, but. That was the part I've written, I've literally written it down. Why is he following her? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you don't have a choice. Why are you following her? You, you, he was, he volunteered that information. It doesn't make any sense. That was the one part where I was like, why is he following her? Just don't go.
0: <laughs> I, so my, my middle name, I just explained that I, I, I just couldn't, I don't know why I found this so cutting, but he, uh, he says, that was the he goes, I love a good roast. Do do Simmons. <laughs> do Simmons. And he's like, he goes, Simmons is old. He should have been out of the game years ago, but he can't go home because he
1: hates his wife. He <laughs> like,
0: oh did not have to go there.
1: And it was like this is that like, this is the same woman that what did he say again? He says something like this is the same woman who oh I can't remember what it was something, says something. It's like uh, it basically talks about her drinking at Christmas parties. And the other guy oh, as yeah. well, what and then and then the other guy as well that like, I, I can't remember I, I literally because again I was too busy, I was dying. But he kills the guy with the toupee. He literally just takes it off and slams it against the wall. I was just like <laughs> Oh oh my god Oh my god. <laughs> it was like roasted, but don't fucking destroy him. Do you know what I mean the good part of the, the good thing with roast is that it's a little bit funny, it's a little bit mm, it's a little bit tenuous. He fucking dis destroys them. It's absolutely amazing. The, the,
0: and this scene, like again, it's Kerry, it's all Kerry because like, after it, I'm 20, I'm 36 years old, and I'm uh, 37 years old, and all I want to do is like say,
1: See you later, dickhead. Yeah, he's literally, <laughs> it literally is, it literally is. And it's the part where you know, obviously, like he because he, it brings it all the way back to Miranda, It's like, Slat! and then it's that laugh, like, <laughs> I got you, and he just he does that, that ridiculously egregious laughter, and then when he gets out. He's just like, ah, the, f- <laughs> the wow. fates. Singer's like, what the fuck did I just do?
0: <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> amazing. You can't blame the film for leaning into the premise and just mining the jokes for all their worth. It's a yeah, lawyer who not. can't lie. Of course done. not. It's
1: done. Of course not. Absolutely. Of course not. And it's done so well.
0: Yeah. Well, so, so while the courtroom battles going on, obviously Audrey at home is fighting a battle of conscience. We know, we've said before, she's damaged by by Fletcher's actions in the past. It's only been two years since their divorce, right? And she's probably still on the rebound with this Jerry who, look, on a whim, is looking like he's taking Fletcher's son across state lines and starting a new life. I've got problems with that. But first of all, Jerry may be a stiff, but he's a decent guy. True. Audrey still likes Fletcher, right? She still has feelings for him. She's leaning, she's leading Jerry on. He's a nice guy, he's not a loser. He has this shit together. He knows what he wants out of life and we find out that he's been offered this job in a different part of the country and he offers her the chance to go with him and mm-hmm. start that life. He doesn't he doesn't beg her. No. Nope. I mean maybe he begs her, but he doesn't he he you know, it's he's he's not He doesn't give her like, like saying, an
1: ultimatum. He's like, "Look, I'm going. Huh? Do, you want, do you want to come yeah. along?" Yeah
0: yeah I mean there's there's one side of the coin that is one side of the coin and the other side is her ex-husband is a fucking lawyer a very very effective one he could sue the absolute shit out of her he, and absolutely. easily get an injunction for taking the kid out of
1: state <laughs> for, sh- for sure absolutely she's, it's so true Plus, sh-
0: she's pulled that kid out of school within 24 hours she's quit her job <laughs> and sold their house the bitch is
1: making rash decisions <laughs> <laughs> So the funny thing she's is, saying, I, she's the yeah. funny thing is because the reason that I I thought about this as well because I did think I was like, how is all of this happening? But then I had to go back and I had to check, and funny enough, the whole, um, I think they made it look like they were moving, but they weren't actually moving because doesn't she say we're going to look at houses, right? Because I was like, how the fuck has she quit her job, changed his school? Pack the shit. But it's like, how, like, how has this happened so quickly? And, and but yeah, I think, it, like I said, it, it, literally it was right. just to go She's look been, at houses. We're,
2: we're going to need to clarify because I, this is my legit bollocks card. Like, if they are moving bollocks, there's no way within 24 hours is. Yeah, it, I think happening. she
1: said she, they're going to go look at houses because I remember thinking this is absolute bullshit. But, it was but just, she goes, kind of if you
0: don't show up, she said, like, one of the last him, yeah. she gives him, she goes, if you don't show up, we're going to Boston. Yeah. I mean, like, you can't make that life decision on a, uh, uh, you know, she's using nah, Jerry as
1: a fucking not, yeah. pawn absolutely. in this battle for his Absolutely. Husband. You don't
0: even, you don't even love him.
1: She, I, I mean, like, yo, she does. She absolutely bitches Jerry. Absolutely bitches Jerry. But I'm not going to lie. Jerry's first name should have been Benan because that dude is vanilla. No, I'm saying, like, <laughs> wow. Because for real, like, yo, that claw was, I know it's not, we're not at that point yet, but that claw was pitiful. <laughs> like, wow, man. God. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I swear, I almost, he, he's almost like he has a British accent. <laughs> Do you okay. know what I mean?
0: It, isn't it, um,. <laughs> isn't it uh, around about this time where we get that line which is really bad like really cutting where he where you know he says adults lie all the time he goes adults need to lie and then he goes but when other adults lie they don't make me feel bad
1: yeah
2: that was was, hearing that that from your
1: son that that was killer that was killer that was killer it it must
0: be it must be harder to admit you're a bad father than to admit you're a bad husband or wife or Mm. or whatever
1: yeah yeah
0: because the kid's only here because of your decision and your decision yeah. alone. Yeah. Well, yours and one other
1: person. Mm. Usually, that's how it works. Yeah, so. But it is more the fact that again, yeah. kids, you've got, you've got, you've got to do a lot to to lose the affection of a child. Right? Like even at that point, he hasn't lost. Um, he hasn't lost um, Max's affection. It's just Max no. feels bad, and it's and the reason Max, the entire reason Max makes the waste is because. He wants his dad to not let him down anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So he to then be like point. exactly that. So it's like to it's like to the point where it's like yes they do, but it's that that their lives are of no aren't of the same consequences of your as of yours, and it's just like oh man, that's that's deep. That's deep.
0: It, I, that line got me. Yeah. Like, uh, that is and, deep. I, and I don't. I don't think I ever ever thought about it uh, watching that watching this film years ago.
1: Mm, it's true, it's true.
0: Fletcher tries desperately to delay the case, even beating himself up in the bathroom, but is unable to lie his way into a continuance. Knowing that he cannot deny the proof of Samantha's adultery, he successfully disputes the validity of her prenuptial agreement after accidentally discovering that she signed it as a minor without parental consent. This entitles Samantha to half.
1: Half.
0: That's a scary word.
1: Half, Eddie! Oh, Lord, ha! Suck my dick, Mr. <laughs>
0: funny, funny man. man.
2: <laughs> what have you done for me lately? <laughs>
0: oh God! Well, he he didn't tell you he's entitled to half Well, He's only told you half the story, then, girl.
2: <laughs> oh Lord! Uh,
0: this entitles Samantha to fifty percent of Richard's material assets, equal to eleven million dollars, allowing Fletcher to win the case. Truthfully. However, Samantha also insists on contesting custody of their children for an extra 10 grand in monthly child support payments from Richard. A disheartened Fletcher realizes that he corrupted Samantha with his lies, watches as she pulls her crying children out of Richard's arms. Horrified, he demands that the judge reverse the decision, but his attitude angers the judge and he's arrested for contempt of court. Fletcher calls Audrey to bail him out, but she informs him that their plane leaves for Boston that night. Greta learns of this and having realised Fletcher turned over a new leaf pays his bail. I'm either on the verge of throwing a bollocks card or I'm giving a Mrs. Doubtfire award.
1: Because, <laughs> Go for it.
0: Because like at the end of Mrs. Doubtfire with the dilemma of, oh god, it's the same restaurant at the same time, Mrs. Doubtfire has got to be with the family and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and Daniel has to have an important business meeting with a TV exec, it's so easily fucking escapable. I can think of 10 things off the top of my head that would give me a continuance without opening my mouth at all. Maybe the movie needed more time exploring the rules because he could have crashed his car on purpose on the way to the courthouse, just a fender bender, but they can't dispar him for that. But you can't If he mind. doesn't show so up for court that day. Well, to, to no, yeah. If he doesn't show up for court that day, the case continues. The judge could not make a verdict to spite a lawyer who didn't show up.
1: I mean, I think you got... So, at the end of the day, it's still a film, right? You still got to kind of think of the tone of the film. Could you just imagine if after all of this... <laughs> Flesh is just like, you know what? Fuck this. I, I need to continue It He just goes and just runs someone just, off the fucking road. And he just try, like... Try <laughs> I got no legs. I can't continue this. He's just like... Mate, what film are we it's watching? Like we went straight it from Lila to 23. It's just like, what the fuck? Oh my god! His legs was like linguini. <laughs> <laughs> Could you just imagine that? Like, <laughs> it just goes straight off.
0: Oh lord! There's, there's, there's the famous scene where he beats himself up. Right? The mm. judge says, "Do you feel like you can continue in this state?" And he says, "Yes." What stops mm. of him from saying, "But I really don't fucking want to," and that's one' <laughs> honest truth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's more the fact that it's like really and I think it's also because he beat himself up, right? So it's just like and the because again, that whole beating himself up, the reason that loophole worked was because he was like a guy beat me up. He was 6'3, dark hair. So so he basically just describes himself, right? It's like that's dishonest. Do, completely. And it's like the fact that he's omitted that is 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 lying by omission. So why was he allowed to do that? Do you know what I mean? So it's like, really, yeah. he, he shouldn't have been able to do that. But again, at the day, it works yeah, for the film. Suddenly
0: he's allowed to use, uh, smoke and mirrors.
1: Absolutely. He's absolutely, he's allowed, he's allowed to use smoke and mirrors and stuff. But there's a, there's a line in this film, right? And in a weird way, this judge who, funny enough, right? You know, the first time <laughs> where he comes in and he's like, Honorable Judge, um, give me a second, let me get the film up. He's like, Honorable Judge Marshall Stevens. And he's like, Honorable. Pfft. Obviously, Fletcher at this point, <laughs> Fletcher at this point obviously must know that this guy has done some shit, right? And then yeah. <laughs> the first time they're in the courthouse, right? Um, he's like, Oh, I'm having some issues. <laughs> and the judge who is all about the erection, right? He goes, yeah. <laughs> you're still young. It'll happen to you more often. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? the Wait, what? Yeah. Why, why are you just assuming he can't get it up? What the fuck? And then, <laughs> and then Fletcher knowing this, right? Then says the fact that literally stuck st- has stuck with me since I was a child because it scared the shit out of me. Because the, obviously the whole premise of this, right, was that Fletcher doesn't lie. Okay. And then he talks about how <laughs> holding holding the toilet, holding, holding, your, you holding your, your, um, your urine in can make you damn near impotent. Now here's the funny thing. I remembered it as, oh you no, no it made you yeah, makes you impotent. I remember it being as it can make you infertile, right? So even that at, at some point like scared the crap out of me because like, it just kind of stuck you know when you remember things in, a, in like a different way I thought it made you like infertile I was like oh okay cool and then I watched it and he was just like talking about how you can't get an erection bro best believe I went to the toilet straight away whilst I was watching that film I was like I'm not waiting, I'm not waiting for this shit that line has stuck with me and was actually worse in reality than actually how I remembered it <laughs> It's
0: was fucking crazy I, I, I just love the judge where you know he says is that true yeah. And he goes, it's gotta be. It's, it's like, gotta well, be. In that case, no, and take then it we're all gonna himself. go.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Marshall Stevens is all yeah, about yeah. the hard on.
0: <laughs> but again, he's using smoke and mirrors. He says, it's gotta be. That is not an answer.
1: Exactly. Exactly. More poetic license there again as well.
0: I, I gotta be honest. I don't think this film can escape
1: a bollocks card at the
0: way it's going because I just.
1: Oh, I've got bollocks. So I've still got, I've still got bollocks to give. Oh, I'm still got, I've still, I've got bollocks coming.
2: I, I had one. I'm gonna line throw, down. I'm gonna. Th- but then I received so you, it. You didn't throw it. I, I've mm. taken it back because it's. I, I I thought, as good of a lawyer he is, he should have re- realized that the reason that this contract was null no and void because she wasn't the correct age when she agreed to it would have been something he should have picked up straight away. But then I remembered yeah. he was given this court case within 24 hours and has managed to get this far. And she lied about. And hours. she lied about it. Exactly. So she I lied about took it it well. back because I was like, eh. "Yeah, but
0: you have got to take it further in, okay? Because the fact that he, yes, he's an elite level litigator didn't have the facts straight about her real date of birth. Okay, he only just got the case. Then, if it turns out that she entered into the marriage under a prenup, that is apparently now null and void because a minor can't enter into a contract of their own. Um, isn't a marriage a contract?"
1: See, this was what I thought I thought this as well. I was like, how old do you have to be to be married in a state of whatever state they're in? I don't I don't know what the state they're in. And like you know, with America, state laws are literally almost like individuals to to there's there is obviously the, the larger constitution, but then each state law has its own nuances in many different ways. I was wondering whether or not I again I didn't know, but but here's the funny thing. They actually looked at the writers. Um it was a Gu- Guaza and I can't remember who the other writer was, actually looked up that um, that, uh, rebuttal to make sure that it was actually legally sound because, um, my, Ma- Stephen Mazza, that's it, the other writer is actually a lawyer. So it's actually correct.
0: So you're saying that she technically, she could still get the, she, she, I just thought she wouldn't be able to get anything
1: because she was never really married. The marriage is illegitimate. So apparently, so apparently she, she can, again, I don't know what the age, cause it wasn't she like she was, she was classed as a minor, but, again minor and contract and it's the same thing like in america they have obviously it's, there's so many weird ages where you have to be over 21 to drink but then you can be 18 to drive and then it's like but then you have to be 18 to be able to actually have sex but then I, like i don't and again it's all it's all like state laws and stuff like that so i don't know what without knowing the actual state they're in i couldn't tell you what specifically that particular law was because i remember thinking it's like so so wasn't she underage when she got married but then if she was an age, and this 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 is this is pliable, if she's at an age where she can get married, but then can't still, but still can't get into um, a legal contract without her um, without parental sense. consent, then I mean, well, you assume that it makes no sense in the UK. America no, is very very no, different.
0: No, no, how how can she how could she be too young to sign a prenup, but not but but of age to enter into marriage? Because and surely he's a statutory rapist.
1: But I'm also because oh, but, but, but think about it. Also because of the fact that the mar- the signing of the prenup doesn't happen when she gets married. She could sign the prenup and they got married a month later when she became, eventually became eighteen.
0: I'm throwing a bonus card. I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't buy
1: it. Yeah, I don't think there's enough I don't think there's enough done to explain that particular bit, but yeah, to be fair, actually she signed miss it when she it was from underage.
2: I wasn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. no too worried about the ins and outs of that, if that makes sense. So. Well, I'm, I'm officially throwing the bullets guy. I'm glad you did. I, I will say that. I want to talk about
1: uh, Guile, or Dolph Lundgren, or <laughs> <laughs> Universal Soldier, or, or Lurch, as I called him. What the fuck, man? Kenneth Fack, that hair. Like, <laughs> what the actual hell? I can't believe he was meant to be like the poster boy of what was like, good looking <laughs> in the 90s. Dude, literally looked like freaking like Universal Soldier. He was unbelievable. That hair was unbelievable. It was like guy with dark hair.
2: <laughs> yeah, I loved it. He was so good. Um, you need to, to have seen him in his prime. I thought he looked like Andrew Dice Clay. Slightly. Right, maybe he doesn't look anything like Andrew Dice Clay. Absolutely does.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. Doesn't he? <laughs> Who the hell is Andrew? I'm going to have to Google this. Who is Andrew Dice Clay? He's
0: a he's a, com- he's a comedian with a massive forehead. Like, you've never seen a forehead this big. Yeah. Andrew Dice
1: wait we do the fucking
2: we do the fucking yeah what From wait,
1: yeah. what Ian bro I know some. I know sometimes you wear glasses yeah I mean you may need to start wearing them when uh, you watch films now bro <laughs> what doesn't look I like mean anything like that it. forehead is ridiculous <laughs> we do the fucking <laughs> I didn't know it's the guy <laughs> mm. no way Ian absolutely not <laughs> oh Jesus that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy that's <laughs> crazy Weirdo the fuck. Yeah. So, maybe maybe a young yeah, Andrew so, Dice Clay.
0: After we fact checked it, it, turns out this is not Andrew Dice Clay.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the other thing I didn't understand was, you know, when he did win on that technicality, why are people clapping?
0: Because I think I think because of how he was able to pull it off. I mean, like I mean, it's it was, like, it, 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 was it, 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 it was like poetry in motion.
1: It was, but like you literally just secured fifty percent. And and taking away these child of kids from this rich, it's just like yeah, fuck the rich. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, why are people? Why do you do you even know these people? <laughs> like, what the fuck? I didn't. I never understood why people why people clapped at all. <laughs> I literally didn't get it. And then <clears throat> fucking uh, so, sorry to make an a massive jump as well. But then uh, when Aneta like bails him out of of, <laughs> of of the of the jail, you know when it, after he acts up and she says the one line that you probably will never ever hear in a film again have you been sexually molested yet yeah. <laughs> wait 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 yeah. wait wait, wow. wait what that's like why have you got what <laughs> I was like well, that is fucked <laughs> <laughs> that, is <bad. laughs> that is fucked that is fucked
0: gre- Gret 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 mate, gre- is raw Gret uh, is sh- gre- gre- went in some shit
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Absolutely crazy.
0: Recognizing Max as his highest priority, Fletcher rushes to the airport, but Audrey and Max's plane has already left the gate. In desperation, he hijacks a mobile stairway to pursue the plane onto the runway. After throwing one of his shoes at the plane's windshield, it finally stops, but Fletcher is injured after he crashes the mobile stairway. On a stretcher, Fletcher vows to Max that he will spend more time with him. He says that, despite the fact he is free to lie now that the 24 hours have elapsed, it feels better to be honest. And Max believes him, and Audrey decides to remain in California. One year later, Fletcher has started his own small firm with Greta. He and Audrey are celebrating Max's birthday. Max makes a birthday wish, only to find that Fletcher and Audrey are kissing. Fletcher asks Max if he wished for them to get back together, but Max says he only wished for rollerblades. The family returns to normal as Fletcher chases Audrey and Max round the house with The Claw, a traditional game Fletcher makes with his
1: son. Right, right. This is where I throw my bonus card. Slap it. Slap me. Pat. Mate, that airport scene. As much, as much as I got it and it was funny and man, like Jim Carrey, still at his age, is still doing the contortion in this, like literally got out of a zipped bag, like, craziness like that cause that's a, that's the type of shit he used to doing in living in living color so I'm, I'm gonna throw in the in living color award for that but i'm also gonna throw a bollocks card because how does my man get through security get in a random find a random empty bag zip his ass up <laughs> make it through security steal stair, a stair uh a stair car the guy's just like hey my man's literally running around on an on an airport runway waving his hands like stop he's looking at all these plays like which plane are you at why is no one stopped? And then, what, 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 what turbo fucking engine does that stair car have that it's literally going past the plane? <laughs> literally, zooms past it. He's going past it. Like, there is so much wrong with that scene. I'm that's so like, glad. That's, a, that's a terrorist. <laughs> that's a, that's a terrorist operation right there. Never fucking happening. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry. I mean, I get the whole thing, but that, that, fucking ridiculous. <laughs> The plane's he front was
2: off the ground. Mate, the I'm ground like, what the
1: on. fuck is going on? How are we allowing this? And then, then, the plane's, the pilot's is like, oh, there's a crazy person on there. Let's stop. What? <laughs> what?
2: That shit. shit. <laughs> the plane's going up whatever speed they were going at, and he ends up crashing and then landing in more bags, which were parked in front of where the plane was going.
1: I'm also that, is that, how how long is that plane in, like, runway speed like is that the world's longest runway or what <laughs> like what, what was that pin ever gonna take off or was it just driving to fucking boston like what, the, what like what the? there's so much wrong with that scene it just doesn't also, work
2: there's a very cool top gear uh thing you can youtube of what happens when cars drive behind planes engines oh, and
1: mate, you're, you're, and it just guess. straight straight off you get blown away it was never happening And then, and then, wait, sorry, literally, the bollocks just continues. (laughs) And then he's driving the car, right? How does he get into, like, climb up the stairs? Who's driving the car at that point? How does (laughs) this, how does does this stay, like, in the grip? Like, what? (laughs) This is so much; it just doesn't work. Is that a second bollocks card? No, no, no. It's just one. It's just one. One gigantic (laughs) bollock.
0: First of all, the terrorist thing—he explains. He's like, they <laughs> both my legs are broken, so they can't. <laughs> <move."> <laughs> Good news. Oh, fuck it out. Um, first of all, I forgot uh, the bit about the luggage. You know when the guy looks back and he's not there anymore. Yeah. And you see him on yeah. the on the luggage. Yeah, exactly. Cracked me up. I cu- yeah. I literally. <laughs> I had sort of a Lauren. Lauren was like.
1: Laura was like, you're beside yourself. I was like, yeah, I... Uh, fucking hilarious. <laughs> it is hilarious. Also, it is. But I think that is the... That is the... Like, you let things go with this film because it is just like... They're literally going to scan that bag and there's going to be a guy holding a... What? <laughs> a full-on fucking skeleton holding a bag. What? Get fucking lost. <laughs>
0: uh, it's, it's that fucking... Like, again, it's such a tidy film. You know, you think all hope is lost. He has an epiphany. He's reborn a new man. The hero's journey is complete. He's overcome his fatal flaw. And now all that's left to do is to, um, is to solve the riddle, uh, find the treasure, get his son back. It's just cookie cutter as hell. It is. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it is what it is.
1: It worked. It's the payoff that it needed for this film. Like, it would be weird for this film now to do anything more than, then show you its own way of handling the trope. That makes sense? But that's what, mm. I, by that point, you are invested in the film and fully into the trope. That's what you want. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for the, how does this get resolved? Because we know it's going to get resolved. We know it's going to end well. It's just how, how is it's going to end well. Although why the fuck they aren't putting Damien in a convent um, to kind of like contain his demonic powers of wishing, I do not know because... The way they're just, like, so okay with, they think that, oh, he's made another wish again. Damien needs to go to a nunnery, right? Because I'm <laughs> telling you right now, that, if that, that kid's out here wishing for whatever the hell he wants. Lock his ass up. Call my dad. Do whatever you need to. Get an exorcism done. That kid needs locking up. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Honestly, I can't believe we're just so okay with a kid who could just make wishes. He's like,
2: Max. I'm like Satan, you <laughs> know. <laughs> 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 Jesus. Where I was gonna go, but this this could be like a long road, so I was debating whether or not we wanna we wanna start walking it. Start walk walk what happens with Jerry? You know,
1: Jer- mate. Do you wanna see what my you? do? you hear my notes about Jerry? Do you wanna hear my notes about Jerry? <laughs> notes about Jerry? <laughs> let me let me let me read you my notes about Jerry. <laughs> right, hey, be kind, they're, man. They're, be no, kind, they're, okay. they're, short, they're short and concise. Jerry got fucked. <laughs> Those are my exact notes. Jerry got fucked, man. Like seriously. Jerry's got to deal with all this shit like, "Oh, he's going to go on another plane to Boston," but like, "Oh, aren't you the, the 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 potential fiance of the guy who nearly tried to like like destroy our plane with a shoe?" Uh, yeah, yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> and you know he's got to pay for them tickets again. He ain't getting reimbursed. <laughs>
2: Jerry got <laughs> fucked. What's, what Because of all the delays, Jerry's just in the airport on his own. Like there might not be another flight for the next day. Bro, so I'm surprised Jerry's like, not. On a, oh. I'm, I'm
1: surprised Jerry's not on the no-fly list. Man, he should be associated <laughs> with a fucking terrorists. Get get lost. <laughs> so he's got. he got to explain to the hospital why he didn't make it. He's like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not not only did you nearly marry the 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 mother of Satan, but you 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 now have this fucking weirdo who's also trying to like run right out like freaking trying to run planes over with cars. Nah, get fucking lost. Go back to where you came from. No way.
2: Oh motherfucker! Right, I finally got to see it. the last thing he says to us. Like, it's an open ticket. Have you ever changed your mind? Oh, Fuck off, Jerry. Curse that <laughs> oh my god and he even turns like oh it looks like Max got his father back
1: it's oh like, mate I'm telling you if Ben and too if, good Jerry Ben not and too Ben, good ben, and, ben and Jerry Ben and <laughs> Ben and Jerry, right? Yeah, that dude's flavor is barely vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> it should, it should be, it should be, it should be something like you know, like you know, like funky, ch- you know, like get you like funky chunky monkey. That dude is like, it's like, it's like boring, boring fucking vanilla, vanilla man. That's what he it is.
2: It's like watered down vanilla. Oh my life.
1: lord, Jesus. <laughs> He's like, low-calorie, healthy, vegan shit. That's what it is. That's That's
0: what he is. Fucking Halo Top Jerry. I mean, he's like Halo
1: Top Jerry. Freaking
0: up.
2: Jerry would have had a date and tape back in 97 as well. I'd have been like, hi, I'm Jerry. That's about it. I like things. (laughs) (laughs) Going out. God. If you you don't like things, I don't like things.
1: (laughs) Oh, God almighty. Jerry Jerry got fucked. (laughs) Hard. (laughs)
2: I mean, Max could have wished Jerry some happiness. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs>
1: I, wish, I wish Jerry could fly to Boston. Despite the f- fact that he fucking paid for it. And now can't go because of my dad.
0: <laughs> Jerry, take my fucking rollerblades. And escape to a new life.
1: Oh my watch. God, Jerry Goff. <laughs> 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 wow!
0: I think we've got I think we've got a new award.
1: Absolutely!
0: <laughs> oh, no. I can't take more Jerry's. <laughs> that is gonna be an award The Jerry got fucked. Jerry, oh, Jerry got uh, fucked award! Halo oh, Top Jerry.
1: Halo Top Jerry. Oh Mr. Millie Vanilli himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh god almighty. Seriously, man. We should,
0: start a, we should start a hall of fame. <laughs> some we of the some of the characters that aren't really that important
1: in these films, but we've we've made them more important than they actually are. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. She he goes he goes there with uh, all bets are or... off. <laughs> 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 Oh, I know.
0: And of course, uh, pets. Pets. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. And, um, do you remember in Hitch? remember uh, who was the guy who came over and goes, you have fantastic eyes. Oh, Chip! 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 <laughs> chip! <laughs> chip! Chip! <laughs> well, we'd we better get on to the scoring, ladies oh. and gentlemen. We each give a score out of 10, maximum score of 30. Our scores are based on how much we enjoyed the movie, of course. Uh, however, we deduct points off the overall score if we throw out our famous bollocks cards. Um, on this occasion... Uh, ben, which is me, threw out a bollocks card and Anton threw out a bollocks card. So at
2: the end of the scoring, we will deduct two points from the overall score. Um, who would like to go first this week? I remember going out my way, like you said, back in the 97 uh, to go and watch his film. I'm pretty sure I did the same. And I, I I can't remember if it was 12A or 12, but I remember going to cinema to go see this. Um, or maybe I had to lie to get in. I can't remember. but. Um, absolutely enjoyed it back then i think a lot of the jokes like some of the jokes may have gone over my head a little bit i don't think i truly understood the the court stuff when i first watched it but um watching it now absolutely loved it i definitely feel more of a connection to the day-to-day line that he goes through um maybe not to the extent of what he goes through um but Jim Carrey is just like a human emoji. It's like watching anime <laughs> in a person. Everything he's saying, his entire <laughs> body is telling you brilliant. what he's trying it's to say. It's so true. So just, true. I just absolutely loved watching Jim Carrey be Jim Carrey. Uh, I I obviously have my, my favorites. But overall, this was just uh, a very easy to watch. Happy story. Um... Not a huge, I don't think I'm a huge fan of this film overall. So overall, it's going to be getting a seven from me. Okay. Seven from here.
1: So for me, this film was surprisingly more enjoyable to watch than I expected it to be. I mean, I knew I was going to like it because I liked it the first time, but I'm surprised at how much more it resonates as I'm older. And I, and you, it could purely just be because of the timing, because I was actually quite young when it came out. But it's weird to see something so... Cliché, for the most part. And so very much 90s. Still work really, really well. Still get genuine laughs. And even if it isn't for the intention of laughing, still work so very, very well. Like, and it, it was... But again there is one major linchpin, aside from other things, but there's one major linchpin that makes that work and that is Jim Carrey. Like one million percent. Like to the point where, you know, he even makes a cameo of himself as from a character from In Living Colour, Fire Marshal Bill. And like, <laughs> at the end of the film. So he's still even cameoing as other characters he's played in his past in the film. Like it's, it's literally, it, Jim Carrey carries this film to a completely different place. Like, it, it wouldn't have worked with anyone else. Um, that being said, like I said, if there, was, there was there there was some bollocks in it that just, that just wouldn't work nowadays in terms of, like, the line from Greer <laughs> and the whole end scene. But as a film, it was great to just take one hour and a half, sit down, watch it, enjoy it, and just, I'm, I'm done. I'm good. Do you know what I mean? So because of that, I'm going to give that film... A seven
0: point five. Wow, he he split that seven to eight with a seven point five. Yes, yes. <clears throat> um. So for me, uh, this—I mean, the whole podcast, the whole the whole premise of it when we started to do it was that it's a time capsule uh, of simpler times, and this film is a time capsule uh, that I remember from my childhood very fondly. I remember. Seeing it at Harrow Warner Village. Um, I, I vividly remember, you know, you go through St. George's shopping center and there was Virgin Megastore on the left. Uh, and you on the right, you go a, t- a couple shops down and there was BT Toys. And then at the end, you go up the escalators, there's a McDonald's there, you turn around and, and there was the cinema. And I could still, the cinema's still there. I just haven't been in about 15 years. Um, and just brings back so much from me. From my childhood. Yeah. Um, so there's always that sentimental attachment. Um, as I've said throughout the podcast, it's a mediocre premise with the massive, massive's not even a, massive's a disservice, uh, but I'll use it anyway. The, it's a massive talent of Jim Carrey that makes the movie unforgettable because it is unforgettable because you can't get him out of your head once you've seen it. Everything yeah. is, he's got the raw charisma and presence of, of, pr- basically on par with anyone you've ever you've ever seen where is it on the list of his best films sadly nowhere near the top not when you have ace ventura the mask i'm a dumber the cable guy me myself and irene even uh truman show and as i've said before my all-time favorite eternal sunshine i'd, I'd rank it higher than bruce almighty uh, and I'd probably rank it higher than The Grinch, and then I'd never really bothered with his films after that. Uh, I'd rank it above Sonic the Hedgehog. I think overall, with that in mind, I'm going to give it a seven.
1: Yeah, fair score. first score.
0: So that's forty. that's 21.5 minus 2. Anyone can do the math.
1: 19.5.
0: Hey, well done. 19.5 out of 30. Definitely, definitely not our. Lowest scored film, not by a long shot. Um, Our our lowest scored film, as we all know, is Superman Returns. Um, And may he never again.
2: Exactly.
0: (laughs) This movie is going to be good for number 10 on our all time rankings, and it knocks X Men 3 uh, right out of the top 10 billboards. So goodbye, X Men 3. It was nice knowing you. As you know by now, hopefully, uh, we picked our first movie ever, by consensus. But other than that, we always uh, have a bunch of sound files uh, individually um, individually labeled uh, in numbers. So this is a number 1 through 40. And we've converted these files into mp3s. I asked my wife Lauren to, to rename them, so I don't know uh, nor do Ian and Anton know what file is which. I asked one of you to pick a number from one through 40, and we will then play the clip and it will be revealed to us which our next movie or which I'm sorry, our next picture is going to be. And uh, then I'll ask go in and reassign the clips so that we um, so we have uh, fuck, let me see, Sorry, I'm not I'm, maybe I'm getting a bit tired. Let me do it again.
1: No, go ahead. Uh, three, two, one.
0: Um, so with our Next episode, looming ever closer, uh, it is now time to do the reveal for what the movie is going to be. And as always, we have labeled, or should I say, my wife Lauren has diligently labeled uh, 40 mp3 files. They're all sound bites from movies that we've seen, the three of us have watched together. Um, I don't know what, I don't know, Ian doesn't know, and Anton doesn't know what file is what. All I do is ask one of them. Anton Maria, and to pick a f- number from 1 to 40, we'll play the clip and we will find out what our next film is, along with you, the, the listening audience. Uh, this week, Anton, would you mind picking the magic number? 43.
1: 43.
0: Well, that's going to be a problem, because the files only go up to 40.
1: 37! <laughs> <are 37>. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, 30, thanks! <laughs> I was like, I literally could remember. I was like, "Is it one to 50? I was like, "The what
2: pressure, the fuck? isn't
1: it?" Okay. I literally was like, "Is it one to 50? I was like, "I'm going for it. I'm doing it." Thirty-three.
2: Hey, please see the storage facility, Mister Pick. Really, Ghostbusters? Oh fuck! Yes, it's
0: Ghostbusters. Stop, stop it!
1: I you. I was like, no, it's not. It's not what. It, 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 it's not what I think. It, oh my god! Really? It's oh my god! Oh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be a long of Bye. Um, <laughs>
0: It's not it's it, we we see uh, view, uh listeners we we worried about this it's it's gonna be one of those movies where we would just we think that we'd pick it to death, but it's kind of a movie that is simple enough in plot where we might get away with it and might like be able to contain it oh, within, wow. <laughs> within one episode um, <laughs> this is a firm favorite of uh the back to the pictures crew we are. I can't even tell you how much we love this film. It's Ghostbusters 1984 uh, comedy sci-fi hit, uh, global phenomenon. Uh, Not enough superlatives. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, beware, it could be making its way right up that top ten chart. Alright, so it's almost that time in the podcast where we need to make like Hillary and swank. But before we do, I'm going to Thank my co-hosts, firstly, Anton.
1: He's a pedantic, pontificating, pretentious bastard, the belligerent old father, worth the steaming pile of cow dung, figuratively speaking.
2: And Ian. Overactor. <laughs> 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 that word quite nicely is my
1: one. That's <laughs> good, actually, I like that. <laughs> Overactor. <laughs> Those clips at the end, right? Like, how oh, funny. Fun. Even just... Like, it must have taken so long to film that... Anyway, like they said, they wasted so much footage. It must have been so fun to film with Jim Carrey, just in the general. End, the only person
0: that didn't look like they were having fun was Jennifer Tilly. I know. Kept, yeah. Kept, yeah. Yeah. She kept getting pissed so off. Every yeah, time so he true. Made a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else loved it, though. Even yeah, the director was, was in on it. Cause she, You know, uh, Swoosh says, um, oh, uh, he... Uh, he says he, he made me say it. He told me. Yeah,
1: to say it. exactly. The whole overacting because that's the whole point. It's like everyone they, they they've always said for years that Jim Carrey always overacts. He's like he put me up into it. He's like it's yeah. so funny because Jim Carrey keeps going and then realizes what she said and then yeah. he just starts bursting out laughing. It's it's, goes, it's so good to, to watch. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's so good. It really is. And remember, folks, your futures haven't been written yet. No one's has. Your next movie is whatever you make it. So make it a good one.